You're listening to the Writers Off The Page podcast. Here's your host, writer, reader, journalist, and lover of soy latte, Sinead Maripodi. Hello, everyone, and thanks for joining me on Writers Off The Page, where I chat writing, books, and publishing with those in the know. Today, we're talking verse novels. Karen Comer writes middle grade and young adult verse novels. She's also a freelance editor and facilitates a weekly writing group and presents writing workshops to schools and holiday programs. Her debut novel is Grace Notes, and she joins me today to talk about that and many other things. Karen Comer, welcome to Writers Off the Page. Thank you so much, Sinead. Now, before I picked up your beautiful book, I hadn't actually read a verse novel before. And I have to say, this is a pretty wonderful introduction to the craft. I'll get you to start off by telling everyone a little bit about Grace Notes. Sure. Well, I hope it was a good introduction. It was very good. So Grace Notes is the story of two creative 15-year-olds. Grace is a talented violinist who wants to make music her career, but her parents have other ideas for her. And Crux is an aspiring street artist who wants to paint in the streets, but has promised his dad that he'll stick to the family garage until he's finished school. When Grace, when Crux sees a video of Grace playing her violin in a deserted tram, he paints her picture in a Melbourne city wall just before the first lockdown hits in 2020, and then Grace sets out to find who painted her. Mm. So tell me, I have to ask, are you a violinist yourself or are you secretly a street artist? What? Where did it come from? I do not have the talent that <laughs> characters have. I did start learning the violin last year, um, I still sound like a screeching cash. My violin teachers <laughs> are very patient with me. But it's such an interesting thing to learn something new as an adult. I think we don't tend to put ourselves out of our comfort zone very much. And hearing horrible notes come out of your violin is quite off-putting. But it was such wonderful research to find out, just to hold the violin to work out how you have to put your elbows out, to learn different positions for wrapping your fingers around the bow. It was just so useful, such great research to learn So what came first then, you learning violin or Grace Notes? No, Grace Notes came first and I learned the violin through lockdown. So I had lots of Zoom um, lessons um, to learn the violin, but I learned it purely because I wanted to understand Grace more. And then with the street art, again, I had to do so much research online because we were in lockdown. But as soon as I could, I did a street art tour. I've always really admired street art. I just think it's so audacious and bold and it's just out there. So unlike, you know, sitting at your desk and writing away quietly. So I did a street art tour and then I got to know the street artist who led it. So I met up with him a few times and I did a workshop with him and I am equally as bad as uh, <laughs> painting a canvas as I am at playing a violin. So your garage hasn't been drastically transformed since the novel? No, no. I stuck to a small bit of canvas, not the garage wall. <laughs> <laughs> now you tackle COVID, which is one of those things that a lot of authors have talked about. Do we do it? Do we not? Do we stay far away from COVID or do we just accept that this is life. What 
Were there any hesitations on your part before you jumped into it? I didn't actually deliberately jump into it, Sinead. I was I started writing the book in February 2020. And then as I was writing, of course, you know, in March, April, it was all about the pandemic. It was all about this first lockdown that we were in. It was all brand new. And I just noticed in my writing, it just crept in subconsciously. And I thought, oh, that's really interesting. Now my characters are talking about the pandemic. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to follow it, see how it goes. You know, I'd plotted the book out a little bit before, but it certainly didn't have the pandemic in it. Um, but the pandemic actually proved to be almost another antagonist. So it was the restrictions of Grace and Crux's parents on their arts, but the lockdown, the government restrictions were also a big part of that as well. It's funny now reading it because I know there was a stage um, during the pandemic quite early on where I did pick up a novel that had COVID in it and I wasn't ready to read about it. I was like, we're still living it, I don't want to. Whereas now, although it's still going, there's been enough distance and change where, knock on wood, we're somewhat back to normality and living with COVID, that reading Grace Notes and seeing those early thoughts and feelings and the social media posts that you included, I was like, oh, that's right, we did do those things. We we didn't we didn't know what was going on and we did come home and strip off our clothes before we came in so we didn't bring germs and that and it was kind of I feel like now we're at a good point to to read COVID I feel like we're we've reached an okay stage well I think for teenagers that they need to see themselves and their stories reflected in the books that they read and For teenagers, those years are a lot more formative going through the pandemic than for us as adults. You know, in a way, my life didn't really change that much. I didn't really change that much as a person in my late 40s. But for teenagers, you know, there are so many firsts in that time that they missed out on because musicals were cancelled and 18th birthday parties were cancelled and they couldn't get, you know, their first jobs and, you know, trying out for the, you know, the football team, the firsts, you know, they couldn't do any of that. So I think it's really important that they see themselves in books and that there are lots of pandemic books. And I think I agree with you about your timing. I think that, you know, perhaps any earlier, we're not ready to relive it, but, you know, there's still so many books out about the world wars. Like we still need to understand that part of history and we still you know for the people who live through that they're not reading those books but we still need to understand that you're right about the age side of things because I bet that there was a lot of frustration for that age group during the time because obviously they were seeing parents who couldn't work losing jobs having financial issues issues that seemed kind of the be all and end all and I could imagine that parents at that time would have seen teenage issues as kind of trivial things about, you know, you can't go to a party, that's not really the end of the world, or you can't have an 18th, get over it. But I guess at that point in your life, that's that's a big deal. That's that's what you're living and that's what you, where your priorities are. And I agree with you. I think teenagers do need to read that and see themselves. Yeah, I think those um, experiences are so pivotal, you know, um, 
sporting matches, musicals, just just hanging out with friends. I think, you know, perhaps adults were a bit better at maybe at reading the room and gauging how our friends are online. But I think for kids sometimes it's just that constant um, presence of being with your friends and that's how you make new friends. It's so much harder to do it all online. Let's talk specifics with verse novels. In case there's someone like me who hadn't read a verse novel before Grace Notes, how would you define it? What is a verse novel? Okay, so a verse novel is a narrative. It's a story that's told in poems. And the poems don't necessarily have to rhyme. Um, They're often in free verse. And verse novels have lots of visual elements. So you can open a verse novel at any page and there'll be lots of white space. The words might be aligned in a different way. There are line breaks. There is unusual punctuation. There might be different fonts, different font sizes, and they're all there to enhance the words, to enhance the meaning behind the words. And verse novels often use lots of strong imagery So they might use symbolism, uh, similes, metaphors, and they often um, use poetic devices such as alliteration or repetition, rhyme, meter, that sort of thing. There's a lot of play with verse novels. Did you always set out to write Grace Notes as a verse novel? Yes, I always knew that Grace Notes was a verse novel, but I did start off um, earlier. I always wrote um, traditional novels. Are there any particular rules to it or is it is it what you make it? I think that is the beauty of it, Sinead, is that there aren't any rules. It <laughs> <That> terrifies me. <laughs> oh, I think there's so much freedom in verse novels that... You know, I really love that they can be spare so you don't have to describe uh, as many details. So the details that you do describe are a little bit more telling. Um, there's a little bit more meaning behind it. You don't have to get characters in and out of a room. They're just in the room, you know. You don't have to do a lot of description, but the description that you can do is you know, a lot more meaningful, um, a lot more evocative. I love how you can move segments around. So verse novels are often a little bit more reflective. So they're all action, 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 but then you can just have a tiny reflective poem that just gives the reader a little chance to pause and take everything in. Uh, I think they're often they're often told in first person, I think because they are about the interior, they are about the internal life of the character. Uh, So I really love all that reflective part. But I think a verse novel can be whatever you want it to be. Um, You can, you know, this one, Grace Notes, is all about music and art, but there are so many other, you know, wonderful verse novels about dogs and basketball that are a lot more, have a lot more action about them. I think as well the fact that, yes, you said the subject matter is art, music, street art, that sort of thing, and verse novels is it's its its own art. Looking at the page, it's just so different, the shapes that the words make and, and how everything's aligned. Is that something that 
as you were writing your drafts, you were consciously making those decisions about where to position words or did that come later in the editorial process? A bit of both. Mainly I would just do it as I was writing um, or maybe in the second draft you could sort of see where things would go. Um, I never consciously worked on it in the first draft but sometimes what I did would stay as it was throughout all of the edits later on. Um, I never wanted any of the visual elements to overshadow the meaning so I never wanted it to be jazz hands or this must be a very important page because look there's you know font in you know that's three times as large. Um, I think that the visual elements should definitely support um, the meaning behind the words rather than be a look at me sort of aspect to it. You're making it sound really, really easy. Is it, <laughs> was it, or were there some challenges to it? Oh, I think it's just the way I write now. It took a while to work that out, uh, but it's just the way that I write. So it comes, it comes naturally to me. Um, there were ch- there were challenges to it. One of the challenges was that uh, Kate Stevens, the publisher at Hachette, and I had to cut thirty pages from the proofs in three days before they were being sent out for the arcs, and that was because we both hadn't quite worked out the length of the verse novel in terms of the pages because it's not so much the number of words which equals the number of pages because of the unusual layout. So that was certainly a very challenging time to cut that out. But I think it That's quite a lot, 30 pages in any book, let alone a verse novel. It was a lot, but we managed to do sneaky things like, you know, sort of put two lines into one. Um, And we also, there are one or two scenes we cut out that really, really didn't need to be there. It was actually such a useful exercise because it made me question everything that was in the book and whether it served the story. And even if it was beautifully written, we had to cut it if it didn't serve the story. So it actually helped to make the book better, I think. Let's talk getting published. What was the path to publication like for you? How how long are we talking with getting that contract and were there rejections or was it smooth sailing? It was certainly not smooth sailing. <laughs> I've been writing for such a long time and hadn't been getting anywhere and I found that the conferences, particularly for kid lit conferences, were just so useful in terms of um, having your work uh, checked and getting a manuscript assessment and meeting people in the publishing industry. And I missed out on a few in 2020. They did go online, but I wasn't so sure about it, so I didn't sign up for them. So in 2021, I really, really wanted to throw everything at um, meeting publishing people and getting my work assessed. And I signed up for the CYA conference, which was online in July 2021. And I signed up to meet with um, a couple of editors and an agent. And Danielle Binks from Jacinta Di Marzi was that agent. And she asked to see the full manuscript before the conference after only receiving the first 10 pages. 
And this was not Grace Notes. This was my middle grade manuscript, which is going to be published later in the year with Alan and Unwin. It's called Sunshine on Vinegar Street. So Danielle liked that and she signed me up in our 15-minute meeting, which was amazing. Oh, my goodness. Amazing. So and- the well, hang on, wait, well, wait, wait, wait. So that meeting was supposed to be you pitching to Danielle, wasn't it? No, Danielle had already received the first 10 pages of my middle grade manuscript. Yep. So she had read that and she emailed me before to say, hey, I really like the first 10 pages. Do you have any more? And I said, sure, here's a full manuscript. Okay, so you hadn't, what you had booked with her at the conference wasn't an assessment or a pitching session? It was an assessment. So she was supposed to give me assessment on the first 10 pages. Um, and she ended up by, yes, giving me an assessment on the whole manuscript and signing me up. So, Oh, my goodness, that's that's the dream outcome. It was the dream. I had been working on that book for 13 years, though. Oh, my goodness. So it sounds like a dream, but there was, and it was, it still is, but there was a lot of work beforehand. Had you submitted it prior anywhere else? Yes, there were a lot of rejections. It started off life as a picture book, got rejected a little bit as a picture book. Then it started off as a traditional novel and got a couple of rejections. And it was when I I was sick a couple of years ago and sick enough not to work but not so sick that I couldn't lie on the couch and read. And I read a verse novel. I read Sharon Kerno's the Art of Taxidermy, which is this amazing historical fiction verse novel. And I think because I was sick and I was in a bit of a daydreamy state that there was just a light bulb went off over my head when I was reading it. It was like there were choirs of angels singing, ta-da, you must write a verse novel. (laughs) And I just thought this is how I'm meant to write. So when I got better, I thought I'm just going to play around with the first couple of chapters of this middle grade book that was getting nowhere and I rewrote the first chapter, two or three chapters, and I thought this just sings now, like this is how I'm meant to write. And so Mm -hmm. I rewrote all of my middle grade as a verse novel and so that's what Danielle signed me up for. So you've probably got people scratching their heads now because we're talking about a middle grade novel that got signed (laughs) first and, of course, Grace notes your YA verse novel is your debut. How where did that come into the mix? So after Danielle, after Danielle signed me, she said, Are you working on anything else? And I said, Yes, I've written a first draft of a YA verse novel. I've polished up the first 5,000 words. I can send you that. So she um, really liked that. And when I polished up the rest of the manuscript, I sent that to her. And so later that year, she pitched the complete manuscript of my middle grade and the first 5,000 words of Grace Notes. And um, with all the publishers that she sent it to, Alan and Unwin liked the middle grade and Hachette liked Grace Notes. So that's how that happened. My God. I'm glad you told the story about the 13 years because if we started at the agent assessment it's just everyone would be going, oh, my God, that's exactly what everyone wishes to happen and she's got two books in one deal. Amazing. Do you just pinch yourself a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Like, you know, 13 years, that was a long time to write without any success. 
and a really long time to find your writing style. You know, I, every now and again, I'd get a little bit closer, but I, I knew it wasn't quite right. I knew with every draft, it was getting a bit better. I did so many courses. I I listened to so many podcasts on writing, read so many writing books, and it, I would get a little bit closer to my book, to my manuscript being a little bit better, but it, it wasn't quite right. So it's really a story of persistence, of just not giving up, of just you know, continuing to write, to believe in my story, um, just to keep trying something different. So What it, kept it, you going? I think I've always wanted to be a writer. So I was one of those writers, you know, who wanted to be a writer ever since I was a little girl, like five or six, I've always written stories, wrote a lot of bad poems as a teenager, um, just always written always, always, always loved books and always written. And it just felt that it was something that I needed to do. And it was also about taking the manuscript, making it as best as I could, and it just wasn't there. And I really, really wanted it to be better than it was. You say a lot changed when you started writing in verse. Did Was it an obvious change for you in terms of it's really hard to read your own writing and be critical and know if something is at a publishing standard or if it's not. Could you look at the verse novels that you wrote and go, yep, this is 100% a high standard that could be published? It was just so much better. Once I started writing as a verse novel, it was just so much better and I did think that I had a chance then. I did have to polish it up quite a bit. Like that was probably, well, that was two years of polishing the middle grade manuscript up. And then um, Grace Notes, that was a third draft that was sent in. But I think because it was sent alongside the middle grade, the middle grade was so polished. So I think that you know, all of the publishers looking at it could see, I don't know, I'm thinking this, but I imagine that they could see how polished the middle grade was and that YA was only a third draft but could eventually get there. So were you writing these novels? I know you said that you were sick when you were working on the middle grade and at home for a while. Were you concentrating on these novels as a full-time job or were you juggling them around other work? No, juggling them around other work. So I work as a freelance editor. So I'm lucky that I work at home and I'm in charge of my own diary. So when I have freelance work on, that takes precedence and I fit in writing around the freelance work. Um, I do get pockets of time in between the freelance work. So sometimes I might get a week in between um, sending off a freelance um, editing project to the client and then waiting for them to do their bit before it comes back to me. So if I don't have any work on, then I'll work the time on my writing. So it, it depends. It's it's a constant juggle and it shifts every day, every week. How do you keep balance with everything? You mentioned you've got kids as well. Where do you find the balance? I don't. Shanae, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I think working from home helps because I can start working in my pyjamas if I need to. When I need a break, I can go out for a walk. So I really appreciate the flexibility of all of that. 
I try and focus on, you know, walking keeps me really grounded. Um, going to bed early helps. Um, and it's just swings and roundabouts. Sometimes it's time to prioritise, you know, my writing, but other times I really need to prioritise the freelance editing work. So what's next for you? You've got two books out this year, which is absolutely incredible. Are you tied up doing edits and working on pre-publication for those or are you also working on something else? So a bit of both. So I have three books in my head at the moment. So I'm doing all the publicity for Grace Notes at the moment and then I'm working on the page proofs for my middle grade, Sunshine on Vinegar Street. So they're due back to the editor in a couple of weeks. And I'm also working on a third book. So it's a YA, another verse novel, and I'm halfway through writing the first draft. So I really want to give that a good shot this year. What's your typical time frame that you like to get a first draft done within? Obviously, the, the middle grade was a little bit different because that was your first project. But now, what sort of a time frame do you like to work with? Well, Grace Notes was... I wrote that in three months. I wrote it really, really quickly and I didn't have a lot of freelance work on, so I was able to focus on that. But then I did a lot of redrafting. So my first drafts are pretty basic. Uh, So my second and third drafts, I really, really need a lot of work for that. With uh, this third book, I had hoped that I would have finished it last year, but I couldn't keep three books in my head at the same time. It was I think that's just, pretty fair. Yeah, it was just too much. I really bit off more than I could chew. I thought that I would have. It was really about the headspace. It's really hard to be in three different book worlds at the one time. So one of them had to go. So it was this third book. So I'm I'm halfway through it. I'm really looking forward to getting back into it. What's your biggest tip for someone who wants to have a go at writing a verse novel or perhaps somebody who's already got one and they're polishing it up? Read a lot of poetry. I think it's so important for any novelist to read a lot of poetry because they say so much in such a short space of time and they're so lyrical. Sometimes they can be quite prosaic too, which is a bit surprising. Um, So I would just suggest to read as much poetry as you can. And what do you think it is that you've got two books coming out, your debut and then one not very long after? Is there a secret? How can people end up where you are? You know, just an easy question (laughs) to end on. Such a hard question. Um, I think it's good to give your books a rest. So I gave my middle grade a rest while I worked on my second book on Grace Notes. And then when I finished the first draft of Grace Notes, I went back to my middle grade to Sunshine on Vinegar Street with um, fresh eyes. So I think it's good to have, you know, a couple of books maybe so that when you give one a rest, you can be working on the other one. I did know from all my extensive listening to podcasts and reading writing books, I did know that publishers are not looking for a one-hit wonder, that they do want to know that they can invest in you and that you do have lots of ideas. So I think that the fact that I had um, a second manuscript and I really polished up the first 5,000 words, I think that helped me 
as well. And on those days where the motivation is low and there's a temptation to wait for a muse, how do you get yourself back in the chair? Oh, um, I just try and do a little bit. Sometimes I'll skip to an easier scene. Um, sometimes I'll do some research, which might inspire me. Um, you know, I'll listen to some violin music, um, look at a few street art YouTube videos, you know, just try and write a little scene about Crux painting or Grace playing her violin. And even if I'm not quite sure where it will fit in, at least I'm writing, at least I'm getting to know the characters a little bit more. I like that. I once heard someone use the phrase productive procrastination. (laughs) And I think that's exactly that. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know there was a term for it. (laughs) There you go. You don't have to feel guilty. I'm just being productive, procrastinating in a productive way. (laughs) Karen Comer, thank you so much for your time. Grace Notes is out now. And later in the year, we have Sunshine on Vinegar Street. It is the year of Karen Comer. (laughs) Thank you, Shanae. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for listening to the Writers Off The Page podcast. Make sure you check out the back catalogue and while you're there, I'd love it if you left a rating or review. It helps other people discover the podcast. If there's an author you want me to chat to or you just want to say hi, hit me up on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter at Shanae Maripodi. That's C-H-E-N-E-E. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.